Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Bottled Up Podcast, where we are right at the beginning of silly season, it seems like, where, where we really start hitting hard. We've had a couple uh, other interesting uh, deals going on in the background, but I think the most notable so far is that Ricky Stenhouse, who was signed through the year 2021, signed through the 2021 season, was kicked out of his car unexpectedly. He will not be returning to the number 17 in a press statement. Jack Rash said they had to focus on getting their cars good finishes and not fixing them. So maybe, maybe that was uh, aimed towards Ricky Stenhouse, maybe not. The only person that knows for sure is probably Jack Rash himself, the uh, man in the hat, the cat in the hat, they call him. But there was a time a couple years ago they thought he lost the hat on track, and if you don't know what I'm referring to, I strongly encourage you to look it up, find out more about the time. They thought the Cat in the Hat's hat was on the track, but it was not the Cat in the Hat's hat. It was another hat that simply resembled the Cat in the Hat's hat. But there's that news coming out, and taking over is going to be Chris uh, Busher. So he will no longer be driving the 37, which means that Ryan Priest will have a brand new teammate. And speaking of Ryan Priest, let's give a shout out not only to the local, the hometown boy from where I'm from, from the uh, Stafford Motor Speedway area. That's what I claim is my home track, is Stafford Motor Speedway. I haven't raced there yet. I'm, I'm determined to get into a street stock there. It's looking like it's going to come together with our friends over at Rent a Race Car that I'll drive a race or two next year, which I'm beyond excited for. I absolutely have dreamed of driving a race car in a real race for the longest time. And speaking of Rent a Race Car, they're going to have bottled up stickers on their cars at the fall final, which is if you're when you're listening to this podcast, if you're listening to it right as it releases, I hope you're on your way to Stafford right now. Because Saturday morning the gates open up at ten AM. Get over to the track and Sunday there's gonna be racing there as well. They have the ladies challenge on Saturday afternoon. They've raced over ten thousand dollars between eleven people for charity. Unbelievable job that they've done. Uh, I, I might be a bit biased, but I'm hoping Nicole Nicole LaRose, uh, driving the number 11, it's usually driven by uh, Travis Hydart. I'm hoping she can pull away with a win. She's a co-worker of mine. She's one of the hardest working people I've seen there at the track. So, Nicole, if you're listening on the off chance that you are, best of luck to you. I hope you go out there and dominate in the Ladies Challenge. That is awesome. However, Tiffany Spinato is also going to be running in it, so that's uh, hard you know, it's hard to play favorites, but I've worked with Nicole a lot. I hope she does well. I hope Tiffany does well. I hope they all just go out and have a great race. They race a lot of money for charity. I think that's awesome. But all the rent race car cars, including their late model, the number 69, is going to be running bottled-up stickers alongside Jeremy Lavoy in the limited late model, number 6. He will be running them. David Teft in the number 3 limited late model will have bottled-up stickers. Mikey Flynn, no longer SK Light driver Mikey Flynn, now SK Modified driver Mikey Flynn is going to be running a bottled-up sticker alongside Mr. Tom Fern in the 92. Will be running a bottled-up sticker on his car. The track champion for 2019 in the late mile division. He's already clinched it. That's how dominant he's been. There's one car where you set your mind out, and if you say, I can keep pace with Tom Fern, that's pretty much a win, because beating him is awfully difficult. He's one of the best cars week in and week out. He's consistent, he stays out of trouble, and he brings the car home clean. He is... Hands down, one of the best racers I've ever had the pleasure of watching and meeting and talking to. Just does an absolutely incredible job. Jeremy Lavoie as well. Shout out to him in the number six. He's fighting for a track championship against Matt Clement. Uh, I believe the last I checked, he had to finish three spots ahead of him in uh, the final points race. He's six points ahead, and at Stafford, it's two points per position. So if Jeremy Lavoie 
uh, wins the track championship. That would be two years in a row. That would be absolutely incredible. He works so hard. Everyone at the track does. But Jeremy works so hard on that car to get it right every week. The small, tiny adjustments to get the most out of it that he possibly can. I think it's awesome to see. He's a, another great person at the track to talk to. There's really nobody at the track that, you know, you don't like talking to. So, I, you know, I guess it's sort of a moot point to say they're a great person to talk to. But still, I, I'm hoping for nothing but the best for everyone running the bottled-up stickers on their cars. I think that's awesome. But we've been sidetracked. Hometown boy for me, Ryan Priest, qualified at the Roval this weekend in position number 14 on the grid. Chris Busher in the number 37 qualified 12th, so a great running for that team, the 37 and the 47, to qualify 12th and 14th, and they were uh, not too far off the pace at all. Actually, about a second off the pace, but only about two miles an hour. So usually on NASCAR.com and the NASCAR app, they give the times in miles an hour, uh, if you look it up on Google or another source, typically it's given in time there. But the fastest time, the only person to break the 121 marker in qualifying was William Byron. Locked up the right front tire coming into the last chicane there, driving it in as hard as he possibly could. Drove a 1 minute 20.932 second lap around the track for his fifth pole of the season. And frankly, I think that's pretty incredible. I mean, that team, the 24 team and really the 88 and the 48 are not going out and winning every week. They're they're running well, but it's just been a struggle there for most of the Chevrolets, but especially Hendrick Motorsports. I mean, they've been just sort of dogging it along. But the uh, starting lineup is William Byron in first, Bowman second, Logano third, Johnson, Boyer, great run in fifth, Harvick, Larson, Martin Truex Jr., Ryan Blaney, and Paul Menard in the number 21 to round out the top 10. Another person affected by Silly Season who will be retiring at the end of this season. And Matt DiBenedetto will be taking over his car. Some other notable people in interesting starting positions. Kurt Busch all the way back in 17th, right in front of Matt DiBenedetto in 18th. He, he had a pretty good run for the road, but that's not really a road course team, LFR. And speaking of Silly Season, another great group that is really shaking it up not renewing their contract and not demand out to the surprise of many. However, not to the surprise of many, it will be Christopher Bell behind the wheel of the number 95 taking on Procore as a sponsor, the primary sponsor of that car, as well as the other uh, primary sponsors for the 95 team. So they had a uh, great lineup there now. It's going to be hard to beat Christopher Bell. I think uh, they're going to do well next season. I expect probably a win out of them. I was sort of expecting a win already by Matt DiBenedetto, but that was a bit of a high aspiration. Same thing for Ryan Priest, and he almost had it earlier this season. But Corey LaJoy renewing his Samaritans, I think it's Samaritans Feet is the name of the organization, renewing that campaign. If you remember Watkins Glen, they wrote literally thousands of names on his car uh, for people that donated. He started 26th, our favorites here. Denny Hamlin, actually in 28th, he had to go to a pre uh, backup car after wrecking in the infield section there. Just got loose, looped it around, put it into the wall. Backup car for them. And Ty Dillon, 29th, who's not retiring, starting right in front of his brother, Austin Dillon, in 30th. And Cody Ware, good run for uh, Rick Ware Racing in 31st. Usually that team takes up the last couple spots. And I don't mean that rudely. They are a very, very underfunded team. But they're starting 31st. Landon Castle, 32nd. Timmy Hill in the number 66, 33rd. Balicki, Josh Balicki, 34th. And Garrett Smithley in the number 52, Ford, coming home 35th. I would like to point out something interesting about Rick Ware Racing is that they run both Chevrolets and Ford. So Garrett Smithley will be in the 52 Ford. His teammate, Josh Balicki, will be in the number 53 Chevy. And Cody Ware in the number 51 Chevy will all be teammates of his. And they are driving different manufacturers. Other people that had trouble 
during practice. Joe Nemechek very, very nearly got into the wall in the backstretch chicane, which has just been tormenting drivers these past um, couple weeks since they announced it. I've heard a lot of conversation about how nervous they are. Well, I guess not how nervous, but how unsure they were of what what to expect. Parker Kligerman had some issues with turn one, put it into the wall there. And it was just all around a uh, very, very interesting day of practice. They've got two more coming up, two more practices, and then race day Sunday. And it's going to be exciting to see. The Xfinity Series, I have not been able to follow, unfortunately. Not, I haven't been able to follow practices and all that today. But I know there were some issues over there. Noah Gregson's going to a backup car. That's the first one that comes to mind. But I would not be surprised if Sendrick went out and won this race. He's been dominant on the road courses. He's having himself a heck of a year. So it's going to be it's going to be fun to watch. And that race is coming out the same day you're listening to this podcast because I know you all listen on day one that this releases. Listen to Bottled Up with your cup of coffee in the morning. That's the way we do it around here. And it's just it's going to be a great, great weekend of racing, whether you're going to a local track. I know Thompson has their um, – World Series coming up, and that is a fantastic event. That is something I would love to be a part of. Uh, next summer is the workings over at Thompson Motor Speedway. They actually don't run every single weekend like Stafford does, so it's like that's. I think that's what sets Stafford apart is that every single week you can go to the track and you will have action there. Thompson, it's not every single weekend. You see a lot of the same faces over at both places. They run uh, hard there. I know Mike Christopher Jr. had a win over at Thompson. We talked about that last week with... Um, Stafford, head of marketing, and son of the owners, and late model driver, and pretty much everything. He is a handyman, beyond handyman there over at Stafford Motor Speedway. Paul Root, we talked about Mike Christopher Jr. After talking about his uncle, Ted Christopher, we had a memorial episode with that, alongside Mike Stefanik and Bob Potter. Bob Potter, um, I've seen a lot of pictures. Thank you to everyone that sent in pictures of the funeral services and everything for Bob Potter. That was a... Looks like a uh, very nice ceremony that they put on. I saw that they had his car out front. Lots of pictures. Lots of great memories shared by everybody there involved. It's it's going. It's you know it's it's tough losing these icons as everybody knows as we discussed last week and in, in last week's episode. But it's a part of racing. It's a part of life. And the best thing that we can do is to remember them. I know that there's a brand new banner out front for five-time track champion Bob Potter. They have this fantastic banner out front. Slightly. Transparent, I noticed that was the first thing that caught my eye, but it was it's it looks very cool. And I believe that's out in front of the ticket booth. So when you're going there to buy your tickets for the events this weekend, including the Wheeland Modified Tour race, coming off the Musket 250, which was absolute mayhem towards the end there with everybody going after everybody's throats. Ron Silk, if I remember correctly, Ron Silk wrecked his brand new race car and will be taking the one that he won in last time at Stafford, the night of the infamous Doug Kobe interview. The car that he won in there, he will be taking to Stafford. And like I said, he originally planned to take his brand new LFR, or maybe it's a Fury, you know. That is a whole other debate that we're not going to touch with the 10-foot pole because it just gets everybody up in arms, LFR versus Fury. He's going to be taking his race car that he won in at Stafford last time and going to be running it there again. Whether he uh, was the fastest car there is arguable, but he was the first one to cross the line, and that is what matters. But he is going to be running that car, and he was uh, not too happy with Eric Goodale from what I've what I've heard and seen. Not too happy with Eric, but I can tell you Eric is a stand-up guy, and the comments directed his way have been uh, quite interesting. I, I was not expecting that, but you know what? I, I'm just a guy who records the podcast, you know, who runs the karting team, 
who stands behind a microphone and talks at Saffron Motor Speedway during the summers. That's all I am. I'm not, I don't predict the future. Uh, I'm no psychic, and I don't claim to be to swindle people out of money. But I didn't say that. I'm not saying anything against psychics. Not me, no. But it's going to be some great racing there. So seriously, get down to the track if you can. I know it sounds like I'm just sitting here plugging it, but go watch your local short track racing. And this was a very interesting uh, conversation I had actually with Stephen Nassie a couple months ago. And it's actually the most played episode of Bottled Up so far was that episode right after he jumped out and fought his pit crew. And the one uh, big takeaway from that, one of the big takeaways from that, I should say, is he is shocked. The drivers are shocked at, for all the people that claim to be hardcore race fans, how few actually go to their local tracks. And I mean, Stafford, yeah, we had great turnouts. I mean, people loved coming to the track and watching the racing there. But Stafford, I think, is a is a bit of an exception where it's just it's the history of it, it's the prestige of the place, the racing that goes on there, second to none. It's it's the Bowman Gray of the North, if not better than Bowman Gray. But I might be a bit biased. Who knows? But in other more exciting news for things coming up in the future, uh, the NASCAR playoffs are here, and coming up in the future could be a big change. There might be an implementation of a certain rule. It's known sort of as the do-over rule, where it's not exactly a do-over of events, but because those NASCAR spec engines for the trucks, because they don't run manufacturer engines. I mean, the the chassis, pretty much the only difference from one truck to another is the front clip and, you know, the setups and everything inside, but the, pretty much the front clip is what differentiates those trucks. It's not the engines inside like Xfinity and Cup Series. So they run a spec engine provided to them by NASCAR. Everyone has the same engine. And a couple of those engines for Thor Sport, two playoff contenders, blew up because of the heat. And NASCAR confirmed it wasn't anything the teams did. You know, it's just the engines happened to blow up on them and them alone, uh, as well as a couple other teams. But those were the, the two big ones in the playoffs. And the team is saying, NASCAR saying, we can't redo the race. Like, it's over and done with. The team's saying, well, just eliminate four drivers at Phoenix. We can absolutely do that. There's not been a decision made. I'm recording this at 11.22 p.m. on Friday night just so that if any word came of this, I could report it. No word has come of it. You know, there's no confirmation whatsoever. So what's next for the trucks is Talladega. And I am beyond excited for Talladega, let me tell you, because Anthony's going to be racing it. And watching him at his first super speedway, he's been doing some training on iRacing uh, in the iRacing E-Series, that league. I'm not going to say it's gone well for him. Historically, he has not been able to run well in that league, unfortunately. But I do strongly believe that he in that DGR Crossley truck is going to be able to go out there, and I think he's just got a shot at winning that race. But that's a bit of speculation, which we try to avoid here on the Bottled Up Podcast. So what can you expect this weekend from the Roval? Probably Austin Sindrick was is my bet to win the Xfinity Series. I don't like to play favorites. I have no ties to Austin, never met the guy before, but I think he's going to be able to pull off a win based on the uh, – earlier season shenanigans that went on. I shouldn't say shenanigans, but the earlier season happenings where he was absolutely dominant earlier. And in the Cup Series, it's going to be a toss-up. I think that Hendrick has shown speed in qualifying, and they were really good in practice. Can they make it to the end there? We'll see. Setup isn't as important at the Roval as other places where if you're at an oval, you have to really nail the setup and be a really good driver. But you can take, you know, a car maybe even a little bit below average equipment, like Front Row Motorsports, for example, or JTG Doherty. Those 
teams that don't have, you know, the multi-millions of dollars thrown to them by sponsors every year, they can still go out and run competitively. And it's the driver skill, and it's just everything is pretty much more even. And they're in the 750 horsepower package because they flip-flop between 750 550 uh, during the season. But with the 750 package, I'm really excited to watch this race. I would love to see, you know, sort of an underdog team go out and win it. I would love to see JTG go out and win it, Busher or Ryan Priest, but I might be a bit biased there. So keep an eye out for some of the underdogs because they could have a really good run that nobody's really expecting. But that's more speculation, which we try to avoid. We stick to the facts here on Bottled Up and just talk about what might happen. Who knows? It's going to be a great race on Sunday. It's going to be great racing over at Stafford Motor Speedway in the World Series at Thompson when that comes around. Be there or be square. It's going to be some awesome racing all over the country. But if you want to keep up with things that are going on and hear about it in time as they're happening... Follow me over on Twitter, at Bottled Up Radio. There's more and more followers by the day. It blows me away every time somebody follows me. It's like, I don't know what that you see, but I'm glad that you see it, and I'm glad that you're here. It's a lot of fun hosting this podcast. I absolutely love it. We've got more things in the works, more drivers coming on, more races that we're going to. And next Saturday, it's looking like the ARCA race is down about an hour and a half away from where I go. I go to Purdue University. It's about an hour and a half away is the ARCA race. Christian Eckes is going to be down there. Maybe if we can find some time, we'll be down there at the track talking to Christian, watching him hopefully win as he fights for a championship in the ARCA series. But until then, thank you so much for listening into this week's episode of Bottled Up, and I hope you enjoyed.